<laughs> so enthusiastic, B. I'm trying to be because this episode is so bonkers. I was just like mummified staring at the ceiling like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> okay this is totally the intro to the episode hi I'm, everybody i'm happy hi <laughs> welcome to no chick flick moments hey that's my line i never get to say it i'm your host b i almost went remy <laughs> <laughs> of course you did and i'm your other co-host remy yeah, it's weird, weird, hey? <laughs> Never again. And no. wait, I can't even say, and this is no chip flick moments. Wait, wait. I know. We done uh. fucked it. Anyways, what are we doing this week? <laughs> Episode 13? Route 666? A- it feels auspicious. We should be fucking this one up. E- exactly, exactly. A chaotic intro for a chaotic uh, introduction to a chaotic duo. Yes, I mean, it has to be kind of infamous at this point, the racist truck episode. This duo has to be pretty infamous at this point. Good I mean, old it's good to Buckleming. See. They're still trying to give us a two-hour movie in a 43-minute slot. <laughs> Very true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. this is No Show Quick Moments. This is our Supernatural Watchcast. Yes, B, we are watching episode uh, 13 of season one, Route 666. We know the writer, but who is directing this? Well, the writers for this episode are Brad, for anyone who doesn't know, we have- Bradford. (laughs) Brad. I'm pretty sure it's just Brad. Okay. Brad Buckner and Eugenie Ross Lemming. And this episode was directed by uh, Paul Shapiro. And this is wild that this is like the one and only Buck Lemming we're going to get for seven seasons, six seasons. I mean, be thankful for that, I guess. So uh, that I I didn't know that. Or like maybe I, for, I knew that but forgot that. I thought that Buck Lemming was eternal. I thought that they were in every season feel that way but i'm pretty sure they don't come back until season seven to to be honest i was um i didn't know that they wrote this episode i didn't know that they were no no uh i didn't know that they were in season one but it made sense in hindsight are you feeling like okay it makes sense or is it like (laughs) it's not so true to form or how are you feeling knowing it's these two? Oh well, well of course I did know before doing the rewatch, um, and uh, it's been so many years since I've seen this episode for the first time. I guess, and I didn't exactly. It, it's not one of those episodes that you just go and revisit for the heck of it. So <laughs> I've probably only ever seen it the once uh, before this, um. So, well, maybe twice because I have done a couple full rewatches, but mm-hmm. anyways, I digress. Um, I don't know. It was just, it was fine. It was fine. It kind of reminded me of a, a, a couple of the other very campy episodes we've seen so far in season one. So I think that there's enough Kripke buck wildness in season one that this one wasn't it it, it, it it didn't stand out 
above and beyond too much. I think that's fair, yeah. Except, except B. So, this is Bucklewing's first episode, and it's also their only episode of season one. So, guys, you know what I have to do. You know what I have to do. Tonight is Buckleming Bingo Night. Yay! (laughs) Yay! For anyone who listened to us season 14 and 15, I will pick one Buckleming episode per season and play Buckleming Bingo. For anyone who doesn't know, it is a bingo card full of those good old buckling staples. When I feel that we've come across one, I will call it out and I'll let you know when we have bingo. Uh, feel free to follow along. Yes, please. It's not a hidden part of the internet. You can just search for the bingo card <laughs> and then enjoy it for yourself. Absolutely. And, and you know, every time that we get a bingo square we take a drink so i have my trusty seven ounce flask full of jim beam whiskey because i hate myself (laughs) and And i'm like i have a little cooler here that i have already mostly done because i'm not playing i'm just enjoying (laughs) well i have a black cherry seltzer um for the in-between times as well okay okay nice pace yourself Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll we'll see we'll see how deep into this flask i get because as much as i do love the buckling bingo uh this is their their debut so we'll see how um we'll see how the tried and true tropes fit with their episode one yeah we'll see how short a leash they were put on for this one Mm mm-hmm Anyways, enough about that. Synopses. Synopses. I did forget to say that the air date for this episode was January 31st, uh, 2006. So, But the synopsis for this episode reads, Dean is contacted by his first love, Cassie, an African-American girl, who gross who asked yeah. him to come to Mississippi to investigate a string of racially motivated murders each murder is linked to a mysterious truck that seems to have no driver and leaves no tracks sam is stunned to see his this new side of his brother as dean struggles to come to grips with the resi- residual feelings he has for cassie Okay, yeah. So we heard there that initially this was set in Mississippi, but because of a freak snowstorm, they're like, there's no way we can convince people that it was snowing (laughs) in Mississippi in May, which is when this story is supposed to be taking place. So they changed it to Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Except they really didn't try to no, because they didn't. <laughs> all the cars still had Mississippi tags and yep. the Mississippi newspaper was, um, you know, very clearly stated that all of these events took place in, what was it, Puckner, Mississippi, something like that. Mm-hmm. And also the, um, 
that one scene where we saw Jimmy's friends talking and there's like all of these trawling sort of crates around like it's it's not the type of commerce you would see in this Cape Girardeau. Yeah, um what what do they try to set it into? Missouri. Is it Missouri landlocked or am I cr- crazy? Fuck I if I know. I think they have the Mississippi River and then it's like uh, that counts, right? Except they have fresh crabs here at the docks that Dean and Kes go to at some time. Exactly, exactly. Oh my god, it's <sighs> okay. They did their best. It wasn't enough, but it's kind of thematic for this show. And you know what? I was born and raised in Biloxi, Mississippi. So if we were going to be on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, then I feel robbed, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If this was it. I know. I I don't know that I would want to stake a claim on this particular episode, but... You're yeah. like, thanks, I'll pass. <laughs> but it could have been. It could have been. Yes. Oh, Well, you know what, then? I get to circle continuity error for my first square, then, because that that was a doozy. haven't even started. Hey, hey, no. Puck, uh, no. Cape, uh, what was it? Gerardo. Gerardo. Cape Gerardo, Missouri, a.k.a. Pauly, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. So we start off with this man driving down Route 6. I don't know American signs. Highway 6. Okay, thank you. There is uh, crackling on the radio, so he turns it off. And then behind him on the road, a monster truck appears and terrorizes him. Um, Driving up, you know, pounding its bumper um, before abruptly disappearing. Yes. Uh, And... The man is justifiably freaked, but before he can get off of this highway, the truck that was hounding him from behind appears facing him further down the road and then charges him from the front, forcing the man to whip around and try again to flee from the vehicle. Yes, so this U-turn doesn't get him too far ahead before the racist truck is driving him off the road. The car flips, and then, almost like it's gloating, the truck sort of parks there for a bit before vanishing now that its job is complete. Yep. So that is our opener. We then cut to Sam and Dean at a gas station, and Dean is changing their plan to go to Pennsylvania. Um, They're going to head to Missouri now because an old friend has called him for help, and it's someone who would never have done that if it weren't serious. Right. Uh, He got a call from an old friend. Her father died just the night before and she thinks that it's uh one of their things Mm -hmm. so sam is a bit bewildered but dean's like come on get in the car this is what we're doing and they have a conversation as they drive and sam is initially surprised that his brother saw someone for more than just one night he they dated And not only that, but it was for a couple of weeks um, when somehow she knows about what their job really is and what they do. Yeah, Sam says, and how does she know what's our kind of thing anyways? Wait, you told her? Yeah. 
And Dean's being really closed-lipped about details around Cassie, as we'll learn that she is. Um, but Sam is just like, how could you break family rule number one with someone that you knew for a couple weeks? Like I was with Jess for a year and a half and never told her. And then you tell some random Ohio chick. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Sam is mad about this. He's like, I was lying to Jessica for a year and a half. And you told this chick that you just new for a couple of weeks i'm like sam that's not dean's fault <laughs> you did that you chose to do that so i guess where they're trying to pin the blame is with that family rule thing i'm like it's right. convenient to throw that out right now i mean you told your friend whose brother was being um double jeopardy whatever the fuck the phrase is in skin so like mm-hmm. you do break your rules too Hmm. anyways He's like, my playboy brother saw a girl more than once. I need to pester. Oh, yes. And pester he does quite a bit this episode. I'm like, he feels like the best friend in a Hallmark movie. That's entire job is to hook up the main two leads. (laughs) He really does. There are many times during this episode where I'm just like, Jensen. No, sorry. Sam, what are you doing with your face? What is like, this? Way too excited. <laughs> How do you feel about that big family rule number one? We do what we do and we shut up about it. Roll my eyes because, <laughs> I mean, it's convenient for the plot that you say that, but I don't buy it. I don't think that. It just doesn't strike me as... A family rule number one. I could see it more being like this thing that dad always harped about, but like an actual rule, I don't buy it. I I kind of agree because we, um, you know, we hear from Dean a, a lot saying, you know, don't don't tell them they're they're just they're not going to believe you. So why would you? You know, you have to lie if you want to get what you want and. I don't know. That's a different thing than yes. what they're talking about here, I guess. I agree very much because the whole rule number one thing just feels like an abusive tactic by a parent to be like, don't tell anybody about your life. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have nearly as vindicated reasoning behind it, but maybe that's why I'm so repulsed by it rather than just, okay. Maybe that's a rule and it doesn't make sense. Oh, I forgot to take my shot. I forgot to take my shot. I'm like, my cooler's almost empty. (laughs) We have uh, cut to inside of this newspaper building. There is the mayor who is hassling Jimmy and Cassie. Um, kind of telling them to sit on the story of two black people being killed on this same road. And Sam and Dean show up, and the music swells as Cassie and Dean lay eyes on each other. And we are getting lots of looks from everybody, Sam included. Oh, yes, this is where I wrote down, Sam, what is your face doing? I mean, this is kind of that... A famous scene for comparison. We talked about it in our season 14, episode 2, maybe 3. Do I remember offhand? One of those two. 
doing the comparison between when Dean just came back from being possessed by Michael and how the music swells and Sam is kind of looking between the gathered individuals with similar names to this episode's name, but I won't say who. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not there yet, B. Yeah, no, I mean... Hey, we, can we I even hey, talk about it last week? Hey, we're not can talking I talk about it this week? Can, can I circle something easily interpretable as Dean Cass? Does this count? I mean, you can't retroactively <laughs> play this, can you? I mean, if you're desperate, you can take the circle. I'm not going to fucking stop you. I'm going to take the circle. Uh, it, it, it. You know, it, it says Dean Cass. It, it That could be Dean Cassie. That's their it shit was name. extremely interpretable as Dean Cassie. How about that? How about that? I got a circle. Oh my god. Drink. Yeah, you're right. You wouldn't even let me talk about uh, uh, Dean's faith in faith. So I... <laughs> let's not get into the romantic parallels. Oh, my God. Okay, so, yeah, music swells. We go to Cassie's mom's house. And Cassie has been worried because her dad saw this mysterious black truck following him and appearing and disappearing. And then the accident happened... There's all these dents on the back of his vehicle. He was a pristine car owner. And then only one muddy tracks leading to the edge that he went over. His best friend Clayton was also killed in a similar manner. There's a dent, no tracks. Same story from the cops. It's an accident. So she's clearly skeptical because as the words are coming from her mouth, she's like, this seems insane. And Dean's like, hmm, yeah, I remember you calling me nuts, and then they get their little bickering here. Mm, yeah, yeah, she'll say, you know, I, I'm skeptical about this ghost stuff, but I don't understand what's happening, so I called you guys. And Dean is just, like, skeptical. I think that's some stronger words that were used than that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, that was then, and this is now. My dad just died. Like, I know. Let's have a fight. Um, Cassie's mom returns and Dean tries to ask her questions but she is just not up for it right now that goes nowhere yes (laughs) (laughs) is is this like it's a circle kind of boring I mean it's also kind of weird that it's like Cassie starts out this whole conversation being like mom's been so upset and then wandering off and I'm like okay (laughs) yeah yeah I mean that That never really came up again, I guess. She's just like, yeah, she just is going out. And I wish she wouldn't. She's so nervous and like... Yeah, it's just like a justification for the fact that, you know, we're only going to have her when it's opportune to the plot. (laughs) Well, kind of boring is the free space, so I get that one. I got to circle it sometime. Yeah. We have another accident. We don't see it, but we do see Jimmy's bloody body and the truck again revving and then disappearing. And you're like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Maybe I will get bingo. Do I get to do I get to do the um, uh, weirdly cut off scenes? It does feel kind of weird. I I mean, they couldn't afford to do as many car chase sequences as they wanted. A. (laughs) <laughs> and then B, they were like, 
the chases are boring. <laughs> and I'm like, God, you guys are killing me. You're like, we wanted to do an episode that was around a haunted car and drag racing and stuff. And instead you ended up with this. Like, okay. It, it, is this is this the insight from the companion book? Yes. Like, <laughs> I'm going to fucking flip to what Kripke said. He goes, the ghost truck just wasn't as scary as we'd hoped it'd be. <laughs> At the end of the day, it just looked like a monster truck. One of the original conceptions was Dean in a drag race with a phantom vehicle. The Impala versus the monster. They have to race to the death. That's my favorite part of the episode. That climax with where Dean is driving and the truck is on his tail and screeching around corners. But because we couldn't afford a whole episode of car chases, which is what I really would have liked, we had to file down the story. Or we had to fill it out with a story. We came up with this plot about the racist truck, which looking back is totally ridiculous. It was just one of those stories that didn't work. It got a little on the nose with all the exploration of racial tensions in the 60s. And I'm like, buddy, you don't say the half of it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, Kripke. Like, truly, they went from phantom vehicle drag races. They're like, we might as well throw in America's relationship with race. I mean, drag race, racial tensions, same fucking thing, right? And I'm just sitting here, like, screaming into my hands. Uh, yeah. Yeah. On the nose, indeed. I mean, it's good that racism ended in this town in the 1960s. I mean, (laughs) that sure is swell, right? We don't say sundown town, we just kind of imply it. And the mayor is a nice guy. He can't be racist. Just ask Cassie's mom. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? When I heard, when he said that, I swear to God, I wanted to just pause and yell. uh, uh, Me of all people, I'm not racist. I know. And then like, ask your mom. And I'm like, it just, it felt like I have black friends. And it's like... (laughs) Buddy, if you were a deputy in the 60s and you weren't investigating the mysterious disappearances of black men in your area, you weren't a good guy. Like, I don't (laughs) care if you covered this one crime, you weren't doing any of the others. Yeah, yeah. They they talk about how, um, you know, Cyrus never gets justice because uh, uh, Howard didn't expose his killers and i'm like what about what about all the black men who mysteriously disappeared and all those children yeah like you had a church burned down with the children in it and you're like nah the racist truck is the one with the real axe to grind oh my god it's wild it's so it's just buck wild where they're like it's because the black men killed the white man that people are dying now it's like you wrote this story and again the network was like the only problem we have is cassie being on top in the sex scene do not do that and they're like we were so rebellious we did it anyways and it's like everyone's insane like television is insane (laughs) this show is insane the network i don't understand any of it I know. Oh my gosh. I, I, I can't, could, could you hear me circling unfortunate implications? And do you have like the racist one circled too? <laughs> hey, look, B, we're like three minutes into the episode. 
I, it's warranted though. This whole thing of just like, we're going to murmur around the fact that like black men were going missing and dying because Cyrus was picking them up in this truck. And we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the fact that Cyrus died and he was miserable and all of it. His, his love left him for the black man. And she was dating him. And like, he didn't start doing this after he found out she was dating Martin, did he? Like, that wasn't my reading. I was like, he was doing this shit and she was dating him. And then she's like, maybe I'll break up with him. Like, everyone in this is just like implicit. Ah, it was, it was really. Okay, yeah. Talk about free space. I am circling the racist square. You guys, this is even fun. <laughs> I am, and I'm like, I don't know shit, but I'm staring at this and being like, this is fucking wild. Like, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't, I don't either. They're like, we are the show to tackle this subject. In episode 14! I know. And the only- 13, 13. Uh, 13. And the only note they got back from the network was, hey, the girl can't be on top. Dean has to be on top. Oh. <sighs> We're fine. fine. We're fine. Okay. Okay. Cassie and the mayor are talking. They're at the latest crime scene where Jimmy died. She is asking him to close the road. Sam and Dean ask about the accident. There's the single track marks again. And then Cassie makes the pointed question, would he close the road if the victims were white? And the mayor goes, I can't be a racist. Just ask your mom. And then leaves. (laughs) Okay. What could he have meant by that? Again, it just felt like uh, some of my closest friends are black. And it's like, oh my god. Of course, of course, this is the argument. Okay. So we cut to Sam and Dean. They are changing into their suits because they are going to impersonate insurance brokers, insurance underwriters, something like that in the next scene. And Sam is using this opportunity to kind of poke at Dean about Cassie. You know, she's really fearless. I like her. And you guys keep looking at each other when the other one's not looking. And it's just like, Dean's enough. He's like, this is tiring. Don't do this. Just an interesting observation in an observationally interesting kind of way. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you know what I love about Buck Lemming? It's like those one-liners, you know, they spent hours just patting themselves on the back for it. Just... Fucking genius. <laughs> like, it is little brotherly, but it is also, I am the foil to the protagonist in a Hallmark movie, and it is my job to put the leads together. It's just it's just awkward, because uh, we're not, I mean, Sam just decided that this is what their relationship was, and now he's like, oh, I see, I see you, Dean, I see your heart of hearts, you really... You're not over this girl. Oh, a friend. So what's a friend mean? You mean like a girlfriend? And Dean is not acting at all like himself. Like I said, he's very closed-lipped. He's not responding. He's not taking the bait. And I think I was trying to figure out 
you know, what's his motivation? Why is he responding the way that he is? And I feel like what Cassie points out later, that he usually would get flippant around anything that was emotionally vulnerable. But this is something that is important to him and that is still a sore spot for him. And so being flippant would be like dismissive towards it. And he just doesn't want to be that way. It, it's a wound and he's still nursing it. I, I agree. And, um, I think that Sam being the one that's poking at it, he's the one that's being flippant and teasing and he's, uh, and that poking at the wound is what's making Dean, uh, shut down and be closed off about it, closing the door Mm -hmm. rather than, um, him doing some tit for tat because you know how Dean is if, um, if, Sam is being serious, then Dean will be flippant to, you know, counteract that, to distract from yes. that. Yeah, and we saw just last episode. That was his fucking MO the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we are seeing kind of the ro- roles reversed. Except Sam- Sam's being a little mean about it, but it's okay. Yeah, I think it is going back to what we saw in the earlier episodes where Sam doesn't know his brother as well as he thinks that he does. And when he's in those moments that really shine a light on that, he he kind of steps on Dean's toes and Dean shuts down accordingly. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so they're in their Blues Brothers suits. Yep. And they're going down to the harbor. Yes. There are some friends of Jimmy's down here, and they are asking sort of health-related questions is the guys that they have right now. But it basically is, did he see a truck that wasn't there? And the white friend is like, are you guys even speaking English? And then the black friend is like, I remember from the 60s this rumor of a truck stealing black people, and it was never investigated. Yeah. Yeah, not sure that the police ever really looked. uh, Equal justice wasn't so equal back then. Yeah, again, just wild that this is a conversation that is taking place. So from that information, Sam and Dean are brainstorming. Um, Dean throws out the legend of the Flying Dutchman, but racist. (laughs) So the Flying Dutchman, right? We have the spirit of the captain, his evilness infused with the ship itself. What if we, what if it's that, but racist? And like, It's all people around Cassie's family that seems to be targeted. So what is it about them that is causing the victims to be picked now? Yeah. But Sam is like, well, you have unfinished business with Cassie when you go talk to her. Maybe you should like, like, it's so wild that it's like, okay, our A plot line has to do with like, POC being targeted for the color of their skin and disappearing and dying in the past and present. And Sam's like, but what about your love life, Dean? <laughs> like, I, I was sensing something between you guys. Did you break up with her? <gasps> 
No, she broke up with you. You were in love with her? You loved her and you told her everything and then you dumped her. Oh, no. She dumped you. Okay, yeah. I'm circling OOC-ness. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Again, it's that foil relationship that they're putting Sam in this episode. He's just putting it everywhere. They're like, we have to splash this sauce over the whole <laughs> deal because otherwise the noodles are going to be weirdly coated. Like, ugh, I don't know. Yeah, but I totally I totally agree with you on the A plot versus the B plot. Everything just feels a little, I don't know, a little jerky, a little disjointed. Um and I I don't know. And like to I can't believe I'm going to say it, it feels weird to Buck Lemming's credit. <laughs> um we did have one of the producers talking in the companion book saying that there was a lot of pressure from the networks to have romance. And they said that it was really tricky to have on the show because they're the guys who come into town, solve a problem and move on. And the minute you start giving them roots beyond the family, it starts to stretch the franchise in a way that just doesn't work. That doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. They're professionals. They're superheroes. They're on a mission. And the minute they turn away from that mission, it can diminish them as characters. If you're not, really character if you're not really careful why aren't you saving people you're having sex you're having fun you're enjoying yourself you should be stopping the monster and i'm like yeah bang on the nose right there yeah and they even talk about it this episode um cassie and dean talk about it dean and sam talk about it uh i i i think that we get from dean that yeah he would like to keep this relationship but um but he can't regret he also he he also doesn't regret you know sticking with the job because that's what he wants to be doing yeah and like we talked about last episode and the one before about how dean truly believes like or he seems to believe that he doesn't have any options with his life like this is what we got to do and Sam throws out the question at the end of the episode, like, do you ever regret putting everything else on hold and only doing this job? And Dean doesn't answer. He just deflects again the way he's been deflecting this whole episode. So I think that that comes into play here again, because you're right. Dean does seem optimistic. He's trying to say, you know, stranger things have happened than us potentially getting back together. But Cassie's saying she's a realist, and I'm sorry, you are <laughs> a good monster of the week, but you're not really relationship material. <laughs> which which is crazy, because ten minutes earlier, when they were in bed together, she's like, no more excuses from either of us. We're gonna, we're gonna all in on this. I'm like, okay, Cassie. <laughs> was it all in, or was no. it just all in on honesty? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay, yeah. too. Okay, okay. To be fair, I, 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 I lived, put on <laughs> a little bit more weight to that than it probably warranted. I, but, but I, to your credit, I think what you're saying there is what Dean was hearing. Mm. Like, oh, all in. Yeah, let's give this a shot. Where she's like. We are good at fighting and fucking and everything else we sucked at. <laughs> what kind of future do we have? Right. And Dean's like, I heard we're really good at things. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Dean. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the scene in question, we have Cassie and Dean 
um, at Cassie's house. She's been writing a tribute about Jimmy for the paper and she's been looking through his stuff. We learned that he was the paper's first black reporter and he didn't stop working till he became an editor. And this paper was owned by the Dorians who were initially like whites only was the deal. Right. And when the Dorians sold, uh, Jimmy was the first black reporter and he didn't stop working hard at it until he became editor in chief. Yeah, and he was really her mentor when she was working there. Yeah, yeah, he taught her everything. Yes. So now that the A-plot storyline has been discussed, it's time for um, Dean and Cassie to kind of ask, you know, she asks him, why are you here? And like, where's Sam? And Dean initially says, you know, I'm looking for connections, meaning why is the racist truck targeting people close to your family. Um, And, you know, what Mayor Todd mentioned about ask your mom. She tried, but Mrs. Robinson doesn't want to talk about it. And finally, all the A plot is out of the way. It's time to talk about the tension between the two of them now that they're the only ones in the room. Right. Dean straight up asks, why did you ask about Sam? Do do you want him to be here? Is him not being here making you uncomfortable? Is it just easier to ignore everything that's going on between us if Sam's there to be a buffer? And she's like, wow, this is a lot to be coming from you. (laughs) And Dean immediately pivots. He's like, you know what? Never mind. We'll keep it strictly professional. And she's like, see, this is what you fucking do. Like, you pivot the moment that openness, that vulnerability becomes present between us you just close off and shut me out right you back off or make a joke but either way you're closing the door and he says excuse me who closed the biggest door with the loudest bang and then threw away the key are we extending the metaphor a little bit i'm metaphoring don't talk to me So, so it was Cassie that, uh, that broke up with him that said that she didn't want anything to do with this anymore. So she's one to talk. Yes. And so they started, uh, quite distant from each other in the room, but they've been getting increasingly closer as the argument heats up because like you said, Dean points out she broke up with him and for, He was honest, and that's why she broke up with him. But she's like, no, you sounded crazy. It sounded like an excuse. He said that he had to leave to work with John, and she just took it as him dumping her. Right, right. The guy that I've been dating says that he's going, he has to leave town to go hunt ghosts. I thought that you were just looking for a way out. Yeah. And And I thought that I was giving you what you wanted. Yeah, Uh, if you wanted to be gone, then I gave you what you were hinting at. Right. And Dean says, well, I didn't want that, Cassie. Well, I didn't want to hurt you. Well, you did. And then they both say, I'm sorry. Yeah, and now that they've done this heated apology up in each other's faces, it's time to bone. (laughs) Time to get down. 
So now we cut to a weird scene, which is the mayor looking at blueprints outside in a snowy field beside like a half demolished wall. And he's like, mm, I looked at these papers enough. I'm going to fold them up. I'm heading towards the car. And then the racist truck is there revving its engines. And he's like, I'm going to run on foot and then promptly be run over, smushed to death. The end. The racist truck run. floats and disappears. I'm going to run on foot down the, the, road. the road and not veer into the uh, the trees on the side of the road. You know, where the truck may not could go. Climb a damn tree. I'm like, only bodies are allowed in the ditches. We know this from this episode. Oh my god. <laughs> You're so bad. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. This episode, it's it's like Wendigo again. I'm just like, the wrong people are handling the wrong subjects. Very, very true. And, yeah. Um, so... The guy is not very smart uh, about trying to make his escape, but he gets um, he gets uh, curse splattered. Yeah, run over. Goodbye. Wait, be wait. You didn't tell me what song we got to play at the uh, at the boning down scene. I think it was "She Brings Me Love" by Bad Company. She brings me love. I'll have to look that up. I got "Paradise" by Sheriff. Okay, I don't know that one either. Take me away to paradise. Feed me again with your love, B. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Cassie and Dean are enjoying the breakup sex. It's the morning, and this is where they're talking about, you know, we weren't so good at the other stuff, but this, this we were fucking awesome at. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh. Between the argument and Dean, oh, Sam saying that, oh, he really likes Cassie. Uh, she's, she's got a spine. She doesn't take any shit. I'm, I'm circling strong, powerful female character. Oh, yeah. I like we oh, get yeah. that later, too, where he's like, please, like, stay in the house, please. Mm -hmm. She's like, I hate when you get authoritative with me. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had a I had a I had a mouthful of Jim Beam and I actually didn't want to swallow it, but <laughs> I had to go down at some point. You weren't gonna spit take. <laughs> I just you know it, it got it got in there. I'm like this isn't this isn't enjoyable. <laughs> no, I'm having a great time. So they're in bed and um and yeah, they're I don't know what I don't know what this conversation is. They're like, yeah, we had some good times, we had some bad, but maybe there is a light at the end of the tunnel. That's kind of where I saw it. Well, and I saw this as like Dean's opportunity to be a bit vulnerable and be accepted for it because this mm. is the this is the conversation where he's admitting that he really tried and he tried to be honest with her and he just didn't feel like he could lie to her. And Cassie is being honest too, saying that the story that he told her scared the shit out of her. He seemed dangerous because of it. And yeah, justifiable, Cassie. That's yeah. that's kind of the smart thing. But yeah, she's saying that you know, after everything, maybe she was looking for a reason to walk away. Maybe it wasn't she wasn't just doing it for Dean because she thought that Dean was trying to break up with her. Yes. You know, maybe she was spooked too. Yes, and Dean says that he's seen a lot of scary shit on the job, but being with her, it's implied that he was terrified. Yeah. And yeah. 
yeah, this whole conversation is kind of like, we could work it out if we really wanted to. But Dean says, you know, I'm still on my mission. I'm still doing the job that I have with dad. And she's like, well, no more excuses. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Where's the awkward dialogue? Where's the awkward dialogue? There it is. We don't don't get a chance to investigate it. I don't I don't know. I don't know if this scene was truly the most awkward dialogue, awkward dialogue scene, but I think that we've p- passed a couple. Oh, I know what it was. It was Sam and Dean and the two friends at the harbor where yeah. the where the unnamed yeah. black guy is just like sitting there and he's like, "I know a story." Yeah. And the white guy is I don't know what he's doing besides being angry. I know. <laughs> they're they're just sitting there playing checkers. I don't know. Maybe he was losing at checkers. That's why he was salty. (laughs) It's all that Mississippi air. I mean, Mississippi River air. You don't, again, again, fresh crab, they have to be on the coast. They're supposed to be, but whoopsie (laughs) doodle, snowstorm means we can't beat that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's the one, it's the one thing, it's true, it's the one thing that didn't jive. Yeah. Um, it's time for Sam to phone Dean and stop this whole snuggly moment between him and Cassie. Because Mayor Todd is dead. Yes. Yes. And the um, police on the scene are baffled. Uh, There's no tire tracks. But it looks like he, you know, got run over. I wonder what could have happened. Sam starts the conversation prying for details about Cassie. He's oh, like, a right. I'm sorry, hon. Remember? <laughs> Fuck you. What was you? You didn't come home last night. What were you doing? And Dean's like, the fucking case. Focus. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't we have um, more important things to talk about right now? He literally says. And yeah, the more important things is we find out that the mayor recently purchased this land. And we're like, okay, weird flex but okay (laughs) then we cut to a scene with cassie and dean researching on the internet looking for links to the 1960s and again they won't say it but the town is a sundown town and sam calls again and this is where we find out that the property recently purchased by the mayor belonged to the dorian property and more than that um, he bulldozed it as soon as he got it. Yeah, yeah. So the Dorians not only used to own the newspaper, but they um, owned a lot around town. Apparently, they were pillars of society in the in the olden days, <sighs> aka again, like forty years ago. We're just gonna throw that out there, and we're not going to investigate it. I know. Ugh. Uh, but, um, Howard and his wife had purchased the, the old Dorian homestead and then bulldozed it to the ground. I guess they were going to build something new. Yeah. Or maybe it was one last fuck you (laughs) to the Dorians because, okay, Dean takes that name, drops it into what he's searching, and they come up with a Cyrus Dorian that went missing in April of 1963, and it's an unsolved case. Yes. And, um... Let's just leave that there. Yeah. (laughs) 
I guess. I'm just trying to think. Like, so we have Cyrus Dorian who went missing in 63. It was an unsolved case. And um, then Dean asks, so when was this land purchased? And when did this bulldozing happen? And apparently it happened three weeks ago. And lo and behold, the day after they bulldozed the house was the day of the first uh, murder. Yeah. So, okay, that's a suspicious connection there. We should investigate that. Is that going to be the next scene? No. We're going to go to Cassie in her house being terrorized by a revving truck outside of it. Oh, my God. And I'm like, what? 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 Is this supposed to be scary? trying her best to sell this like i believe her i don't believe this scene oh my god i try to envision i'm like if a truck was a rubbing all around my house i would still be like (laughs) until you come through the wall (laughs) i don't think i'll be screaming (laughs) definitely on the phone i mean she did exactly what i would have done there like call somebody for help but this is just a wild turn that they're like we have to mark Cassie and her mom somehow. And I'm like, her mom's not even in this scene. We're just supposed to take it for granted. Okay, she's wandering somewhere else in the house? Question mark? This this really was this whole, like, reveal. It's classic Buck Lemming. Where from from the point where Cyrus, like, the, um, Cassie and Dean are researching at the, uh, at the paper to the end of the episode everything in between here so this last 10 minutes of the episode is just quintessential buck lemming this is where they shine because everything from here on is just this is happening because i need this to happen because i need that to happen because that (laughs) yeah yeah because i want the scene where dean is in the impala being chased down the highway and he's wearing his little driving gloves and it's gonna be cool okay I didn't even notice the driving gloves. I think they were I think they were actually snow mittens, but fair enough. I mean, <laughs> they were out there and the snow was blustering. Oh my god. Okay. So yeah, the mom conveniently returns to the episode and Sam is questioning her and initially she's denying that her husband Martin saw the truck. But Dean pushes, saying, you know, Cassie is in danger here. So she finally admits to the truck being real and possibly driven by Cyrus Dorian, who has been dead for 40 years. And Dean's like, how do you know he's dead? And then we have her breaking down, telling the big reveal, the big secret that she's been holding all these years. Which is basically... Uh, she dated a racist at the same time she was dating a black man. The racist got mad, burnt down a church with children in it, and then tried to beat up her husband with a baseball bat. But he grabbed a hold of the baseball bat and then beat up the racist instead. Yep, I was going to say, and what she's saying is a lot, but you, you summed it up pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so Martin killed Cyrus in self-defense, and... And and then Dean says, well, why didn't you call the police? Well, yes, a black man kills um, a prominent uh, white man. And yeah, they're going to call the police. In a sundown town. (laughs) 
Yeah, they're going to call the police. No. What Martin does is he calls his friends, um, uh, Larry and not Larry, Jimmy and Clayton. Clayton. And together, the three of them um, put Cyrus's body in his truck and then rolled the truck into um, the swamp off the highway. Yes, so they're hiding the evidence of his death there, but the deputy, who is Mayor Todd, um, found out about this, but he didn't tell anyone. He hid Martin's secret, and uh, he also, like, didn't do anything about Cyrus's secret. Yeah, yeah, so so Mrs. Robinson says that... Um, Todd at the time was this guy has two first names so it it trips me up Howard yeah. Todd anyways that uh not to be confused with Todd Howard <laughs> <laughs> I bet that was intentional anyways Todd was a deputy who was who was investigating uh the 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 disappearances uh that had been I happening don't know. I don't know if he was investigating that or if no. he was just investigating Cyrus's death and knew about the disappearances. Because from the episode scenes before this, it feels like nobody was doing anything. No, but I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident that Mrs. Robertson says he is a good man. He was investigating the the, the disappearances of the black men. I feel like it was Cyrus's disappearance that he was investigating. I'll, I'll go check and then I'll let you know. Uh, listeners, you don't get to know. You just have to go find out for yourselves. Yeah, no, this is the smallest hill to die on. But, <laughs> but B, I'll, I'll let you know. But I, I thought that she was saying that he was like the only one that was actually uh, investigating uh, Which, the, whole, like, the, the whole of it. But I'm like, we're sitting in 2021 and we're like, we know that's not how it works. Like, if you're part of the force and you're doing things that go against what the rest of the force is doing, you are, you know, the nail with your head up. You're going to get hammered down. So I don't buy that he was like that, especially if he was able to pivot into politics, if he was able to be the mayor of this small racist sundown town. Like, all of that shit, I'm just like, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. He was a good man, but he did nothing good besides, like, hide deaths. Yeah, yeah. Whatever um, whatever happened, like, like, like we said, you know, we had, sure, we had Todd covering up for, uh, for Martin and Jimmy and Clayton, but... Uh, but he also just buried the hatchet with all of the wrongs that Cyrus had done, and none of none of um Cyrus's victims' family got any closure either. So, so, but I don't know. Um, uh, Cassie asks her mom why she never told Cassie any of this, and Mrs. Robinson was saying that it was a secret that was so long kept. Uh, she, you know, the, everyone, they were just trying to protect each other and now there's no one left but her. So there's no one left to protect. Exactly. And she's very tearful through this whole thing. The music is swelling. It's telling us how to feel. 
I I liked I liked this actress. I liked this scene. I would I, even be tempted to I would even be tempted, you can tell me no, but I would be tempted to for this scene because I really enjoyed this actress um to circle the scene saved by fantastic acting buckling and I think yeah, square. I think she did a good job. I think the story that she was given is I mean, we watched this episode. Right. Implicit in scenes saved by fantastic acting is the scene was needed Not a life fantastic raft. Yeah. It need it needed a life raft there. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we cut to Sam and Dean talking, and this one is another weird one. Like if you didn't already circle that, this would be a spot to do it because Sam starts it off by being like, "My school life was simple and boring. I didn't have oh, any yeah. conversations about killer trucks." And I'm like, this is the wildest thing to be saying in an episode where you just found out that your brother was rejected for living the life that he does. And now you're like, our life, I hate it. I want to go back to what I had before. And like Dean just sits there and is like, okay, I'll soften the way I said this. Instead of saying the racist truck, I'm going to say Cyrus, the spirit. Like this scene, I was just like, what is it doing it was very it was very out of place it was a total non sequitur it i'm circling bad pacing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I, I i yeah i'm with you why it it had no place here we just have sam being like i miss exams i yeah. miss when my life was normal you know right. before you showed up <laughs> right right and, and yeah, Dean is just flat-faced through that bit and then is trying to be like, well, the next thing we have to do is go and find the fucking haunted truck, drag the swamp. Ugh. Yeah. I uh, I don't know if I should applaud Jensen for being consistent in this episode or give him, you know, a, a teddy bear for maybe really really hating this episode and acting it anyways in this way yeah i can't read what the actors thought of this episode because i i don't want to parasocial like that for this episode of all things but yeah he's given one note and he's like i'm putting as much nuance into it as i can (laughs) yeah he that that's the way to put it he was just given one note this episode so yeah except for except for that moment of um you know opening up a bit when he was in bed with cassie to say hey that was a big thing for me letting you in and then i got burned for it but again that conversation was just again a little hinky you're like what's what's really being said here Mm mm-hmm so they have to write. So now that they have the whole story, they know they have to go uh, dredge the swamp for the monster truck and then salt and burn Cyrus's bones. And um, Cassie comes out um, to to say that, I don't know, her mom is resting. And what's the plan? And Yeah. <laughs> And Dean's like, well, you stay put and we're going to go do this dredge the swamp thing. 
And she calls him out on being bossy and authoritative. And so he does the whole stay put please thing. And then they kiss a whole bunch as Sam watches and clears his throat. Uh Uh-huh. It's a little weird, viewers. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, Cassie didn't seem to want anything. She just got to say, hey, don't boss me around and then kiss the the guy. Yeah, she's showing she's the strong female character, and you know, you never know, they might actually hook up, they might actually, like, be together at the end of this episode. Uh, True. And, like, Sam is finally acting like a little brother, rather than that love interest foil driver person. Yeah. Which is why it feels weird to see him be the way that you would expect a sibling to act. I don't know. I don't know at this point. They're so fucking weird. (laughs) I just, I will just say he's still being the snotty younger brother. Yes. Yes. I'd agree. But finally, for the first time, Dean does tease back. Mm hmm. He, he, you know, just says, uh, yeah, while still killing, kissing, killing, whoops, <laughs> while still <laughs> kissing Cassie, um, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. I hear you, little bro. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I'm busy. Yeah. yeah. And then, ah, oh, come on, let's go. What 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 are you waiting for, Sam? Come on. <laughs> yeah. You're holding this up. Yeah. So so B, this is my third um buckliming bingo. And mm-hmm. not a one of them has uh passed the Bechtel test. So now I'm kind of <laughs> no, now I'm kinda wait. looking forward to the one that does. I'm like trying to think if Cassie and her mom ever said anything that didn't relate to like their dad. No, she introduces them to her college friend, Dean. She mm-hmm. hears the story of um, of her father's dark past, if we can call it that. Yeah. Uh, and then Mrs. Robinson goes to bed, and that's it. <laughs> Maybe the one thing is when Cassie said, my mom's been erratic and wandering <laughs> and you're like Bechdel are you there <laughs> no no don't they have to talk no. to each other about... I can't bend far enough backwards to justify that mm-hmm. you know what there was there was one other conversation that Cassie and her mom had it was when Cassie off screen um, tried to ask her mother about Todd and uh, why uh, Mayor Todd would say that uh she should ask her mother about you know, mm-hmm. why Mary Todd couldn't possibly be racist. But that doesn't count either. It's more men. Nope. nope. <sighs> I mean, bless you, Bakun, for being consistent. <laughs> hey, it's on the bingo. It has to be it has to it has to be a thing that Buck Lemming does. I just haven't I seen it. I think that they're trying to highlight it and be like, it's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe my printer didn't print out the doesn't pass test. <laughs> but then again, if if we put that on the bingo card, then that would just be every episode of Supernatural. Yeah, true, true, true. True, true. <laughs> so Sam and Dean are going to um, the swamp. And yeah. they pick up a fucking bobcat along the way. It looks like some sort of tractor that 
I guess, was this what Mayor Todd was using to bulldoze the house with? I guess. Who fucking knows? Yeah, they got this tractor. They have uh, winched to the bumper of the racist truck. And they pull it out of the swamp. They open the cab door. And Sam is going, so are you still in love with Cassie? (laughs) You can't hide from me, Dean. And I see how like, you feel about her. <laughs> Dean's just like, how about you direct your eyes towards the gas can there and the pile of salt there? Because we have a fucking job to do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Let's just get this done. Yes. They open the cab, like I said. They pull the body out. They saturate it with gas and set it ablaze. But the racist truck still appears. Yeah, and here's where we have this, like, weird exchange between Dean and and Sam, like, uh, where Sam's like, well, well, the ghost is gone, right? But the truck is still pissed. I guess the part of Cyrus's ghost that's still infused in the truck is, is still coming for us so yeah yeah go burn the truck sammy i'll draw him away and so i was like are you fucking kidding me how do i burn a truck and i'm like television has taught me this is actually a really simple thing to do <laughs> maybe not while it's drenched in swamp water but like as a plan it's not the worst but dean's maybe is the worst because he's like i'm gonna get in the impala and i'm gonna drive <laughs> yeah yeah. Do I get to so circle now, Sam or Dean makes a decision that makes no sense? I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 if if I'll circle it, but if if Dean hadn't gone to draw the truck away, then wouldn't they just have gotten run down? I mean, he's lucky that the truck was like I hate the car more than I hate the human. <laughs> or maybe it was like I've seen this boy with Cassie more than I've seen the other boy and so I hate him more. Like, what? What? <laughs> What? Anyways. But this is what we're doing. Yes. We have Kripke's favorite part of the episode. We have the monster racist truck ghost chasing after Dean in the Impala. And Dean tries calling Sam, being like, okay, what's the plan? And Sam just hangs up on him. I calls Cassie instead. Oh, man. I mean, I mean, so we have, we have, um... Dean, like, running for his life down the highway here, and Sam is reading John's journal, question mark, question mark? I know! What the fuck? (laughs) You're telling me he took that out of the car with him when they were like, we're gonna burn the body, but I need the manual with us just in case. (laughs) Well, he's not... I don't know what Sam is doing, but he's not trying to destroy the truck, as far as I can see. He's doing, like, the speed run of alternate options. So he looked at the journal. He's like, oh, this doesn't help. He looked at the map. Again, he took this out of the Impala. Whatever. He's looking (laughs) at the map. He's like, I have an idea. Not talking to you, Dean, in your crisis moment. I'm going to call Cassie. And then Cassie, it's very important. Do you know where the thing is? Or like, <laughs> get your mom on the phone. 
I need some information and it has to be exactly right. But I did love that. Um, I, I, I did love when Dean called Sam and then Sam was like, no, no, I need a minute. Hold yes. on, bye. <laughs> Truly, this last little bit, I'm like, has the best sibling energy of the episode. It does. Oh, definitely. No, unquestionable. So, yeah. He calls back Dean and he's like, I need you to listen. Where are you? And Dean's like, I'm a little busy. I don't care about signs. And Sam's like, it's very important. <laughs> so, Dean finds some signs. They kind of coordinate where his location is. And then Sam starts spitting out directions. You know, turn left here, turn right here. And Dean has to pull off some slick driving moves in order to get on this skinny little road that leads up to some ruins that Sam is very explicit about you park at yes yes dean exactly seven tenths of a mile then stop um sam i'm pretty sure he could have gone eight tenths nine tenths you know maybe not right on the edge of your fucking um hail mary throw here i know but it's not as dramatic Mm. we can't do that So, yeah, exactly seven-tenths of a mile means exactly seven-tenths of a mile, and Dean whips it around so that he is now facing down the truck on this gravel road, and Mm -hmm. they, um... Stare each other down? Yeah, stare each other down. We're having a high noon standoff here. And then Dean is like, so Sam, what the fuck am I doing? Sam just oh you've done it you've done it dean congratulations just sit there and wait to die exactly you reached the end (laughs) yeah you you're drawing it to you you're baiting it so so the racist truck is revving and it drives at dean and it is vanquished by the consecrated ground that he has parked upon as the truck charges the Impala at full speed, Dean stoically faces his certain doom. And, uh, and as the truck passes into the ruins of what was the old church that Cyrus himself burnt to the ground, uh, the truck disperses as it passes the hollowed ground. So yeah, this is poetic. Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Hey, hey, Sam, what the hell was that? I'm with Dean. Oh, I know, because Sam's whole answer is like, well, like, sometimes and maybe, and that's Dean, that's all he's hearing. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, that sounded like an awful lot of hedging that you just made on this decision to risk me. (laughs) Well, so the church, when it's, you know, the church, it it, it was on hollowed ground, whether the church is there or not, and sometimes when a spirit passes through hollow ground it's destroyed so i thought that maybe that would work here with the truck and i get to circle a new spell power or trick that we have never seen before and i don't <laughs> care and i love it i love it it's perfect this is so fucking delicious because 
It doesn't even matter that this is episode 13 of a brand new series because we're not dropping some new fucking lore here. What we're doing is spitting directly in the face of established canon because remind me, B, where was the final showdown for the Hookman hunt? It was at a church. In a church. We have a winner. I mean, that's where the the sometimes comes in. Sometimes (laughs) an evil spirit is killed by the earth because the people who are Christian said it's important. I I, I guess um, evil ex-preacher spirits that killed prostitutes with the silver hook hand don't get decimated by hollow ground. No, they're justified, right? Oh yeah, I. Mm, this is not the medium to be trying to pull off sarcasm. But <laughs> <laughs> I. It also feeds into the fact that, like, do we ever kill a spirit with this again? No, no, yeah. never. Yeah, so this is a one and done, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this I love is it. The this raw is my head of spirit handling. <laughs> This is my favorite. This is my favorite square. The new spell power trick that we've never seen before. Because, you know, while I've never gotten to circle the Bechtel test so far, uh, I always get to, to get to circle the new spell power <laughs> trick. Archangel Blade. I remember that going <laughs> being pulled out of left field. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm starting to get a little sad that that I don't get to play uh, Buckling and Bingo for another like three years be i mean try and be overjoyed by what the implication behind that is <laughs> could you imagine if bug lightning were writing episodes do- during season four and season five or fuck even season three i legitimately thought that okay when i heard that they were in season one that was the moment when it just became fact in my mind that buck Lemming has and will always be in Supernatural, had their fingers in the pie. And to hear now that I have to wait until season seven, it's just, I'm a, I'm a little, you know, I'm Could a little, you, like, ironically bummed about that. But just imagine them writing Bella, okay? Oh, God. Think of that bullet. Okay, Matrix, dodge. Okay, think <laughs> of them writing anything that had to do with the apocalypse storyline. You think that, like, the witnesses got pulled out of left field. Well, baby, I got news for you. We would have insane lore dropped in season four and season five (laughs) that no one would have known what the fuck to do with, and the show would have been even more batshit in the following seasons. Oh, what, what, I mean, I I will be, I will just, you're right, you're right, you're so right, you've shown me the light, I will just be glad that they never got their hands on uh, Joe and Ellen. Because think of what they did to Kevin. Think of if they didn't show up until like season 10 or God forbid season 11. Because then we wouldn't have got that buck lemming end of Demon Dean. We're going to do a flashback to explain what was going on. And Sam's a morally great character who was torturing and set up this dude to do a crossroads deal so that he could find his brother. If flashbacks are... Flashback scenes are on the short list for my Buck Lemming 2.0 if I ever do get around to making it. Absolutely. 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 <laughs> oh, this is 
I don't even know what to say because at the same time, I'm like, Buck Lemming is part of the reason why the show is the way that it is. Like, it's part of the reason why we foam at the mouth and like, are you fucking kidding me? You did that. I mean, yes, I would much rather not have those emotions. (laughs) (laughs) I would much rather have the characters that they killed off around. So it's just, it's just weird. I'm like, how how did we survive (laughs) five seasons without them? How did they disappear after only doing one episode in season one? I know. It feels it feels very like cryptid crypt uh cryptid crypt kit cryptid? What's the fucking word? Cryptic? No, like a cryptid, like a yes. Bigfoot. <laughs> yes. Okay, I had it right. It feels like it right. something large and like what's the word? Eldritch passing oh, yes. through the fog beside and you're like, I don't know what <laughs> that was. Or what it could have been, but it kept walking rather than <laughs> greet me in season two, season three, season four, season five, season six. That's exactly right. That We should put that on a button, B. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, boy. Um, Sam goes, oh, that just didn't occur to me. <laughs> and Dean's like, I'm going to fucking kill that kid. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't think I could be wrong. I had to be right, otherwise my brother would be dead. So, yeah. Hmm. 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 We now have our goodbye scene between Cassie and Dean. They are sharing one last little smooch and talking about how this goodbye is better than the last one. She's a realist, and she doesn't see much hope for them, but Dean's has seen stranger things happen, as we mentioned. Well, yeah, so here, um, Dean is definitely trying to hold on. Cassie says, well, this is a better goodbye than the last one. Dean says, well, hopefully this one's going to be a little bit less permanent. Then Cassie says, well, you know, realistically, I don't see this working out for us. Dean says, well, stranger things have happened. Ah, I'm torn between like this is this is this is weird. Like this feels weird for everything that we've mm-hmm. seen from Dean and Cassie to this point, but also like it had to happen, I guess, because like you said, we're we're not gonna be we're not gonna be putting down roots in Polly, Mississippi. Like it's it's obvious that, like you said, Dean can't we're not at the point where Dean's going to have some long distance relationship that he's maintaining. And that's what Cassie herself is saying. But to see Dean trying to reach for it when he said himself that trying to make it work with Cassie was the scariest thing he could like, it, it was scarier than just breaking ties and moving on. So here we see him reaching out a bit and trying, um, but yeah, Cassie's just like, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, she's trying to put him down gently, but he's still, like, I know you said, like, it's the scariest thing that he has done, but he still seems open to trying, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas she's like, 
that's not going to happen. But, you know, this whole conversation could also be like, we're going to leave the door open in case we want to bring her back. And then the show never does. Yeah. Very fair. So, um, as I was watching it, I did feel like it was open-ended enough that we definitely could have revisited it. We never did. So I'm gonna circle a waste of a perfectly good character. Because why mm-hmm. couldn't Dean have had his long-distance girlfriend just texting and like texting she's Cassie. a journalist. Yeah! She could have been on the road too and then like she didn't have to be in Ohio. She didn't have to be in Missouri slash Mississippi. She could have been out there on the road too and then called them up for strange cases all over the country. You could have gotten away with that, but they're like, no, we can't have a woman on this show, let alone a black woman. You're right. I'm coming back. I'm coming back on it. They totally could have done this. They totally could have made her um something of a resource she she could support them she could be their guy in the chair you know do help them with research and then dean and cassie could have been cute and discussing over the phone and sam could be making faces from the passenger seat Mm-hmm. And then, like, think of the opportunity to have Cassie and Victor Henriksen being, like, I the know. people that they could have had as contacts. Like, again, just, like, the snarky feedback we got from Victor about the banter he has with Dean. And then you can have Cassie, like, oh my god, there's just, again, so many characters that just get wasted in this show. Oh, absolutely. I... I I completely agree. We consistently just pass by these opportunities to make a network, create the family uh, that we eventually do get, but we are always going to mourn the missed chances with Cassie, with Victor, with Joe and Ash and the Roadhouse as a whole. Oh it, my god, yeah. Um, it, it, you know, Kripke just had this vision where it's Sam and Dean against the world, and um, even like Tessa, I <sighs> wasted like we bring wasted. her back just to fuck her over. I know, I know. So I guess maybe that's like the bullet Cassie dodged, because <laughs> you know, if they brought her back season two or season three, she'd be dead. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did see this as a waste of a perfectly perfectly good character. Cheers to that. And a bingo. <gasps> oh my god. I got bingo. Woo. Right down the middle, B. And we thought it wouldn't happen. I got more squares than I thought I would. I had a couple I had a couple close calls with bingo, but that was my first bingo. <laughs> well, yeah. So, you know, from what you were saying from the companion book, from what I know about where we are in the series, you know, very it's very obvious that they were very obvious that they were going to put an axe on this. I wish that they hadn't, though. I kind of liked it, this last scene where they left it a little open-ended. And me watching it today, knowing that we will never hear from her again. And here Dean is saying, um, I'll see you, Cassie. I will. Mm-hmm. I'll see Just you soon. Just keeping the hope there, because the flame is still alive. Right. 
So it's sad for the potential there, and it's sad for Dean himself, who who had said that he was too scared before to fight for it, even though he really wanted it. And here he is trying to trying to fight for it and nothing comes of it so yeah um so it's time for them to part ways sam is watching them kiss inside the car weird choice but we see it happen (laughs) and then dean gets in the passenger side and they drive away and our final scene is Sam saying that he likes Cassie and asking Dean if he feels it's worth it, you know, putting everything else in their lives on hold. And Dean just smiles and says nothing, but puts on his glasses and goes to nod off in the passenger seat. Wake yeah. me up when it's my turn to drive. Yeah. Does it does it make you wonder if it's worth it to keep chasing down dad and everything's on hold? until all this is done. And one thing that that line really brought home for me was also that Sam is still looking at this as a temporary thing. Yeah. And maybe that's where his whole, I miss school conversation came from. Yeah. But. Which we've been, we've been knew that this is where Cass, not Cass, Sam is sitting here with this whole blip in what he thinks is his real life. Um, he's just trying to find dad, trying to find out what happened to Jess. And he got out and, and now he's been dragged back in. But this is not, this is still not what he wants for himself. Well, and it's only going to be a 15 year blip, Remy, remember? <laughs> Here, Sam... Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, no. I didn't realize what you were saying at first. You're fucking right. Oh, I hate you. My <sighs> turn with the stiletto needle. <laughs> My stomach hurts. Oh. Oh, oh it no. It didn't feel good, if that's any consolation. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, before the series finale, I would have said that it was very interesting how we had seen Sam grow beyond this point to where he ends up uh you know seemingly yeah the hunter hub finding his place as a leader and as a man of letters and all the things that make my heart crack in two but um uh, yeah but yeah but but right now for sam to say uh putting everything on hold i I just liked that it gave me a little like ooh, yeah yeah and i do like the way that dean deflects again Mm -hmm. like i'm i know that it's kind of one note for him this whole episode to be doing that but it feels i don't want to say poignant because that gives it too much deference but to have him in that moment when he's being asked like can you see living your life outside of this and Dean just not trying to answer even after his whole hopeful spiel with Cassie took place? Yeah, I read the same thing into it that Dean is just along for the ride and he, this is this is where he's going to be. Yeah, 
And maybe it's too hard yet. It's too vulnerable yet to think about that side of the way his life could be. And he definitely doesn't see this as temporary for him. Oh, and, no. And he... And I'm sure it... um. It's not what he wants to be hearing from Sam either. No, it maybe doesn't even register with him that Sam is asking a question that there is another answer to than Mm -hmm. no. Because right now that's so instinctive in Dean for him to be like, I'm on my dad's mission. You know, that's still what I have to do, right? Like any future we have, that's what I'm doing, is what he was saying to Cassie. You can feel the knee jerk response he has saying that that's just the way his life is. (sighs) yeah yeah and didn't he say like i'm still really deep into dad's work yeah isn't that how he said it dad's work yeah he kept on referring to it as john's mission rather than his oh i didn't even catch that until just now Mm -hmm. or realize what it what the implications were Mm -hmm. yeah the boy still isn't standing on his own two feet he is just so, he's impossible to, <laughs> I was going to say he's impossible to comprehensively, like, meta about, even though we do give it the old college try, don't we, B? Nope. Yeah, we do. <laughs> he He's just impossible to really get a grasp of or to um see the whole picture at once about how how he's shaped, how he's just completely embedded in the life at this point and we haven't seen him really have the opportunity to interrogate it there's just layers and layers and layers of these barriers that we that we can only think that we're seeing cracks through um because what's because I, I just don't think that we've gotten to the real core of it yet. You know, it, it, it's just this big messy knot of um, him, you know, wanting to be here, him not wanting to be here, him feeling like this is his mission versus just feeling like it's something that was put onto him. I think, I think that it's, it's always going to be a bit of both and it's just big and messy and, and just like, I don't know. It's just, it's just real. Yeah. Those kinds of things are big and messy because you know, you, it's never going to be cut and dry. And when it's something so formative, like even if you say loosely saying you grow beyond it, um, it still is one of those things that's really hard to discard or even really, Put space between yourself and your reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dean. Okay. Route 666 cannot be as long as Faith was B. <laughs> so, so what was your final takeaway? Oh, I like Cassie. I do feel like this is just a wild episode to introduce, like, a... Black woman that gets to be in the episode as a character with, like, three dimensions more than, say, Missouri did. But 
still being so like one note, unfortunately, because our writers have to be like, well, if we're going to bring her here, then we might as well like make the racist truck episode be her debut. Like, oh, yeah just wild sometimes when you think about that so i really like cassie i really wish we got to see more of her in the note that we were kind of talking about you know she could have been a traveling reporter the way that kripke initially envisioned the boys and it just is too bad that we don't get that with her but maybe it's a blessing in the disguise considering what the show would do with her Mm mm-hmm um, yeah, I think a, a couple of episodes ago with Scarecrow, I was like, I really liked Emily. I, I wish that Emily would have gone on the road with the boys. Cassie just had so much potential. And I think that she, uh, I think, I, I know her, her actress. Uh, I've seen her in other shows and I like her a lot and I almost feel like we were on the cusp of actually making her a recurring character, but maybe it, it she didn't get good reception um, yeah. from the audience at the time. Yeah. Like, I wasn't watching at the time, so everything that I know about sort of the response in that era is kind of hearsay, Mm -hmm. but my impression was the show really um, would try to do these side characters, and then the reception was always kind of balking at it and wanting it to go back to just the boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would, from what I've heard, I would believe the same, but... Uh, just, you know, from, from canon and from fandom, I, I'm glad that we got Cassie as a character that we can, we can, uh, speculate about and play with. Yeah. Yeah. The larger, the larger canon. Um, my final takeaway then will be, um, will be Dean... And him, you know, this episode did give us a little bit of an opportunity to uh, to see some vulnerability in him or to, let me think about this. I think more that it was a piece of his history that fit pretty neatly in the whole that we have seen so far. Mm-hmm. And um, with this experience, this relationship that we know that he formed in the Stanford era of of Sam being away from his brother, I think that we saw from both Cassie and Dean um, and Sam himself how they're uh, how how this is just another layer to Dean and how um, you know. He's he's said before that he wanted to take those shots. He wanted to take those chances, but he never could. He was never brave enough. And um, this is one instance where he tried and he got really hurt for it. Yes. And, it, and it's a scary fucking thing for him. 
Yeah, and we had him saying that he told Cassie the truth and he shouldn't have done that. It was stupid to get that close. And I mean, look how it ended. And maybe other people open up, but he doesn't open up to people like that. Mm -hmm. Like Dean putting his foot down and saying, yeah, I was vulnerable and it was stupid of me and I shouldn't do that again. Yeah, yeah. And Sam at the end of the episode saying you know don't you don't you think that you could have something more no he doesn't because it because it's scary to want more yep i'm like oh big mood <laughs> so so i um i think that like i said just getting this little piece of um of dean's past yeah fit fit in well i think it slots in well and i also like that it was uh from like i said a time when sam and dean weren't in each other's pockets so mm-hmm. every new thing that one of the brothers learns about the uh, another the other every new thing that one brother learns about the other there we go that's english um <laughs> uh we we tend to get this moment of the the other brother trying to puzzle it out, this new thing that they're learning about Sam or Dean. Yes. And, uh, and it's interesting to see. Yes, I agree. It's always nice getting kind of those gap um, episodes or those moments that um, we would have to guess at um, getting some more... Um, attention being paid on them and giving us room for introspection about them definitely Mm -hmm. and that was season one episode 13 route 666 the racist track episode the oh mississippi no it's missouri oh (laughs) (laughs) the mississippi license plates i'm just like oh come on guys i know yeah. And then didn't the synopsis call it Louisiana? They were just like, we're going to shot in the dark <laughs> until we land on something. No, no. The synopsis did say Mississippi. Okay. So, so all the way through the episode, everything about it was saying Mississippi, 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 except for the, um, the opening. opening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, text that said okay now we're in missouri (laughs) yeah pay attention to what i do (laughs) or what i say not what i do Uh uh-huh uh-huh um also this episode was sam's birthday episode that we was it well yeah because they bulldozed Ooh, ooh, never mind i totally lied i bet it's next episode because they said that they bulldozed april 3rd and that was mm-hmm. three weeks ago so it's not yet march 2nd yeah and if i remember right next week is nightmare which is where sam has another one of those visions and it puts him in contact with the special child yes yes yeah next week episode 14 is nightmare okay so thank you guys for making it through this one with us <laughs> hey i had fun i'm i'm kind of mad i feel like i didn't get tipsy this time i feel like i got really mouthy because i got tipsy <laughs> off of nothing 
<laughs> I, I can't see into my flask, which has a cat with a Sherlock Holmes hat on it, by the way. Aww. I can't, I can't see far enough in there to see how, how uh, down I got, but I feel like I was bad this time on actually taking my drinks when I, when I should have. Yeah. I feel, if anything, I've introduced a game where it's like, drink every time I say racist truck, because that was a lot. Done. Did it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. That was our last Buckleming bingo until season seven. I'm I'm actually kind of sad about that, but I hope you guys enjoyed it and all of our ramblings. And if you did enjoy it, please do like, subscribe, and review on your podcasting uh, supplier of choice. Sounds like a drug. It kind of is a drug, but <laughs> who's your dealer? Go, <laughs> go, go to your go to your dealer and leave a good Yelp review. Anyways. We're losing the thread here. <laughs> I am. I'm extending the metaphor, B. Okay, okay. Past uh, comprehensibility. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. We will see you guys next week. Yeah, see you guys. Bye.